This episode is brought to you in partnership with Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. They are fully accredited by the Association of Reformed Theological Seminaries. You can learn more about them at their website, cbtseminary.org. Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We pray you find this resource edifying, faithful to Scripture, and Christ-exalting. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. Jimmy Johnson here with my co-host, Austin McCormick, as well as our guest, Dr. Jeffrey Johnson. Dr. Johnson's going to speak with us in a moment about regenerate church membership, but before we delve into that topic, Dr. Johnson, could you please just tell our audience as well as us about yourself, about the ministries that you oversee, and just who you are? Yeah, my name is, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm Jeff, and I, uh, been a pastor for 20 years. Our church is celebrating its 20 year anniversary in 2020. So it's easy to remember. We started in the year 2000 and uh, we grown from just a small church plant in my living room to five or six different locations. Now we're in a position where we have this beautiful facilities now, but we're about to outgrow it and have to expand. Um, So we've been pastoring for 20 years Along the way, I started a publishing company about 10 years ago, and that started off with one or two books. Now it's where I think we're getting close to, to I think, 40 titles, and we're going to end up this year do two to three books per month. So it's a growing publishing company called Free Grace Press. And in addition, I oversee with with, the, with our elders at our church, a seminary, a Grace Bible Theological Seminary, where we're training men for the ministry. And so we we have a seminary publishing company and a church. Plus, I have four children, so my hands are pretty full. It sounds like it. Um, before we dig into the topic of regenerate church membership, uh, can you tell us perhaps a little bit more about the seminary? Uh, it's uh, doctrinal convictions and such? Yeah, we're Reformed Baptists by conviction. We're 1689 is our confession of faith. The Second London Baptist Confession of Faith is what we hold as a church. And this is, our seminary is a church-based seminary where we're trying to um, reproduce ourselves. We're, we're unashamed of, about being Reformed Baptists, so we're trying to train men and with this these distinctives and plant churches, use these men to plant churches and uh, help churches around the country. We have sister seminaries that we co- we cooperate with in Cuba, Ecuador. I'm working with some churches in Brazil. So I travel to all these countries uh, teaching. I'm one of the main professors here at our seminary, uh, but we bring in professors. We just had Dr. Kevin Carson and Dr. Lance Quinn 
teach counseling, biblical counseling for us this last weekend. We have Dr. Stephen Lawson coming and to teach on expository preaching coming up. We have James White coming uh, all the rest of this summer. We've had men like Tom Nettles, Joe Beakey, uh, Vody Balkum uh, come and teach our school. So we're, uh, we have a lot of good, good teaching. But the, the beauty of our school is not that we're just trying to give a robust theological accredited education to our students. We're, we're truly trying to, from a pastoral perspective and a church-based perspective, oversee these men in order to, to foster them in their spiritual growth and their holiness and their maturity uh, and help them foster humility in a servant's pastoral heart so we're, that they're ready to be planted into ministry rather than just having, you know, the academic training and little to no practical experience. We truly want to merge the practical with the theological so that men are pastoral scholars that have a heart for the sheep, a heart for people, a love for people. And that's as much to train the heart as it is to train the mind. So that's what we're trying to do in Grace Bible Theological Seminary. Hmm. Well, that transitions us very well into uh, our topic of discussion today, that being regenerate church membership. Uh, So transitioning to the topic of this episode, uh, we have talked about church membership and the biblical precedents for the concept in previous episodes. However, uh, for those who may haven't listened to that episode, would you define the term church membership and point out to us where we see the idea of this in the scriptures? Well, you get it at the beginning of the church where the Lord added to the church amazing amount of people, and they knew exactly how many it was. It wasn't an ambiguous amount like, oh, it's about around 3,000, around four. No, they, they had a, the exact headcount of who's joining the church. And it says the Lord added to the church. And it says daily as that we're saved. And so it's clearly that church membership is not uh, a open uh, event that incorporates attenders and participants without any distinctions between who belongs and who doesn't belong. There's a clear line. And each church may differ on to what degree you want to have formal church membership, but uh, having some form of church membership that distinguish, that distinguishes between who's saved and who's lost is essential to the very makeup and the definition of what the church is. So not only do you ha- see that, that mandate that even when the uh, Saul was converted, they, they didn't just allow him to come into the church. They examined to make sure that he truly understood the gospel and that he truly had uh, the uh, fruit uh, that was evidence that he was a a Christian. So they, they had an examination of their, of their new participants, but you can't understand the nature of the church, what the church is without having a understanding of a regenerate church membership. So it, so it's, it's explicitly in the, in the book of Acts, but it's implicitly through the very uh, fabric of the very definition of what, what a church is. Jeff, could you just please 
broaden out or at least specify the definition of what is meant by the term regenerate church membership, and then also show us and our, our listeners where we see this concept in Scripture. Yeah, when we say regenerate church membership, it's, it's, it's kind of sad that we have to say that because because um, it, it's actually kind of a church membership should be naturally understood that it's made up of believers because that's what the church is, is a body of believers united together in Christ Jesus. And if you didn't have union with Christ Jesus, you wouldn't have a body. And if you didn't have a body, you wouldn't have a church. The church is the body of Christ. But the only way you can be united to Christ and his body is by faith. And the only way you can have faith if you're born again or regenerated. So if you're not regenerate, you don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, you're not united to Christ. If you're not united to Christ, you're not a proper recipient of, the, of, of church membership. And so one of the things we have to understand is the church is invisible in the sense that what unites us to Christ is something invisible, faith. And it brings us true union with Christ. But that's going to be manifested in the local church by my outward desire to be united with God's people and, and faith and practice. And so if I'm not born again, not only will I not truly want that, I'm not truly capable of being in unity with God's people. And sadly, a lot of churches fight and feud and and have division among themselves so much is because it's it's filled with non-regenerate members, unbelievers. And we have to remember that unbelievers are welcome to attend our services and we want them to hear the gospel. We invite them to come. But they're still, as long as someone does not have faith and they're unregenerate, they're at fundamental odds with Christ. They hate Christ in their hearts. They hate the things of God until they surrender uh, their lives to Christ. They're not and they cannot be a member of Christ. And thus, regenerate church membership is uh, talking about those who have been born again. Um, and where do we find this? Where, second part of the question is, where do we find this in scriptures? We find it, as we've already said, we find it in Acts where the, those who have been saved, you know, God adds to the church, that God is the one who builds his church. I will build my church, Jesus said in Matthew 16. And he does it through regeneration. And so, um, um, throughout church history, the qualifications of being a member of the church has been a profession of faith and a life of obedience that is incongruent with that profession of faith. Hmm. Um. Not all would agree with what you would say for whatever reasons they have. Uh, they would probably bring objections to you for this concept. And Jimmy and I would affirm uh, the concept of regenerate church membership. But how would you respond to people that would bring objections to you? And perhaps what objections are there that would be uh, brought to the concept of a regenerate church membership? Yeah, I mean, many people assume, and I think maybe in a good way, but naively so that the church is to reach the lost and that's true we're to go into the all the world and baptizing and making disciples 
So here you got this idea of reaching the lost, reaching the unconverted, and and reaching the non-believers becomes the objective of the church to the point that the church worship service, you know, your Sunday morning events should be aimed at reaching the unregenerate rather than ministering or teaching or serving or um, uh, bringing, you know, sanctification to the to Christians. Your Sunday morning service should be geared at reaching non-Christians. And all of a sudden, the focus leaves kind of the regenerate church membership approach to trying to church the non-church or church unbelievers. And so you separate a membership accountability, uh, formal accountability of membership, where it's just uh, church becomes like a theater where you just attend show up and you're going to be preached at or you're going to have singing and you're going to have this service and we're not really worried about if you're a christian or non-christian we just want you to come and i think that's a pretty predominant model that we're seeing today and it's easy to justify when you think about hey we're just trying to reach the lost but that type of approach fails to Go back to scriptures and say, now what has God designed the church for? What is the New Testament model? And let's get back to scriptures. And sadly, usually churches that are just end up trying to reach the lost end up watering down the gospel, uh, very rarely preaching the gospel. And it ends up becoming a social club to, you know, to basically make unregenerate people feel spiritual. And that's what's, to me, kind of discerning. If someone who hates Christ in the core of their being, you know, then they do, by the way, if they don't have faith in Christ, and if they haven't repented and submitted to the Lordship of Christ, they still have the, the sin of idolatry, of I'm serving myself. And a lot of, lot of people want Christ or the church to help them feel better about their sins and their conscience but they don't want to surrender their life to Christ fully. So they want to come to church and be entertained and maybe uh, minister to a little bit, all the while never being challenged of their, of their great sin in their life. And a lot of churches that minimize church membership and regenerate church membership end up providing um, basically a smooth conscience for unbelievers rather than calling them to repentance rather than saying, listen, you're outside of Christ, you're outside of the church, you do not belong until you repent. And there's no clear distinction between who's saved and who's lost. It gives the lost people kind of this ease conscience that they're okay, which is just not true. Uh, our church has a clear membership policy, and we invite all unbelievers to come, but rather than feeling like they belong, that they should feel welcome. Yeah, hey, you're welcome, and we love you, and we care for you. But as long as they hate God in their heart, they shouldn't feel comfortable in a holy environment. They should feel like they should feel un uh, like this is not a place I like. If they indeed are, you know, hate God in their hearts. So I, I think that's the reason a lot of churches are moving away from regenerate church membership. transitioning again to begin to apply it to some churches, both 
Austin and I are pastors and, and in the SBC or of Southern Baptist churches. And if you look at the SBC, many of the churches within it have inflated roles. And that would, that would include both Austin and I's church that we or churches that we pastor. So how Mm -hmm. does this, this contradict the biblical and Baptist concept of regenerate church membership? Like how does this not fit with this idea of regenerate church membership? Well, it doesn't fit because you, your churches that have inflated church membership roles or lack of church membership and taken seriously here are giving away all their authority. And it becomes just a, a social club with no authority and no real impacting influence. Now, try to be a parent and say, I'm not going to discipline my children. And I'm not going to make a distinction between my children and my neighbor's children or any children. And I'm just going to treat them all the same. See how, how long you can function that way without having a lot of problems. God's given the church jurisdiction and he's given the church authority. And that authority is not for the church to make its own rules. It has to submit to the rules of scriptures and teach scriptures and enforce those laws, not invent new laws. But the church has been given authority to execute church discipline. And churches that have inflated church membership roles are churches that are not carrying out the discipline that God has told the church to carry out. And so the, a church is typically in sin, not always, but it, it can be in sin if you have, you know, hundreds of people that, that are on your roles, but you're not disciplining them for the forsaking the local assembling of themselves together as the manner of some, as Hebrew says, don't do that. Don't not not come to church if you're not coming to church you're in sin and you're you're i mean obviously we all miss for some legitimate reasons but week after week after week after week you're not in church okay you're not a christian and if you're not a christian you're not a member of the church and we have a responsibility to hold you accountable to your profession of faith we're going to follow the steps that christ himself told us to follow we're going to come to you. If you don't hear you, hear me. I'm going to bring someone with me. If you don't hear two of us, we're going to take you to the church. If you don't hear the church, we're going to hand you over to Satan. And that's that's not practiced in a lot of churches today. But what's sad is it's commanded by God for churches to carry out. And so a lot of churches don't practice church discipline because, you know, it's it's not good for church growth or it's not good for you know, what people want to happen. So they just, it's hard. And so people don't do it. And thus, you know, you have all these members that are not being held accountable. And uh, it's kind of sad. Well, we would, we would both agree with you and uh, we affirm what you had said. And so um, we both desire to, uh, for both of our churches to have a regenerate church membership and to uh, have a healthy system of discipline within our congregations. So what are some habits and actions? I know you've mentioned discipline, uh, but habits and actions that a church must do to live out the doctrine of regeneracy within yeah. its membership. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, if you're pastoring a church or someone's pastoring a church and this happens, you know, you take over a church that's unhealthy and you've got all these inflated numbers and, I wouldn't just go clean house the first day I was there. I wouldn't just go, okay, I've got to 
eliminate these names and cause havoc and people are confused. I would spend a long time bringing the church back to the scriptures. And it may start, you know, for some pastors, it may start not dealing with ecclesiology or regenerate church membership. It may start with the sufficiency of scriptures and the authority of scriptures and the fact that we're going to submit ourselves as a church to the word of God and the word of God is our authority and we can't no longer play it by reason or play it by ear. I mean, so many churches work this way. Hey, pastor, you care if we do this? Pastor thinks to himself, I don't see anything wrong with that. Let's do it. And there's no consideration of the warrant of scripture. Or what does God want or what is the purpose of the church? Does that aid us in our objective or what is our objective? I think churches just have a, a lot of churches don't really know why they exist and what is their purpose and their objective and how to go about their objective and what is what are they supposed to do? What is Sunday morning supposed to look like? Well, the Bible outlines everything for us, but I think I would go into a church saying, let's commit ourselves to submitting to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? And then when the people have come to the conclusion that the Word of God is our authority and we have to submit to the Lordship of Christ in His Word, then I would teach for a long time the importance of regenerate church membership the nature of the church and regeneration, that you can't separate regeneration from the very core essence of what the church is. And then church discipline, the importance of church attendance, uh, the importance of, um, you know, holding one, one another accountable, and then lead the church through the process of cleaning up the church roles. You know, and that wouldn't be the first thing I did day one, but, you know, maybe by year two or year three, we're, moving in that direction. And you already answered the question we had we had planned and given some advice to a pastor who goes in there, but could you maybe give encouragement to a pastor who is in this type of context and 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 doing the things that that you have you have suggested and and maybe growing discouraged or weary or or just struggling through this process. Do you have any words of encouragement? I would tell a pastor what I did when I started studying Greek. I studied Greek for years, and I got to a point that I was so discouraged. I thought, man, I don't know any of this. I mean, I thought I was getting it, but apparently people are way more advanced than me, and I don't even know, you know, what a noun is. I don't even know what a verb is. I mean, I just can't do this. So I decided to start with my ABCs again. After two years, I went back to the ABCs. Now, I already knew my ABCs, and I went through those first lessons like nothing. But I went back to the beginning. And it was amazing. It was so encouraging. I was like, man, I do know some stuff. I knew way more than I thought I knew. And so I would tell pastors that feel like, hey, I've been beating this horse for two or three years and nothing's happened. Well, you may want to just go back to the beginning. Go back to the fundamentals. Go back to the fact that, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to preach expositorily through this book win people's confidence, the fact that, I, uh, that I'm a man of the word. I, I just preach the Bible and thus saith the Lord. Give people where that they know that as a pastor, that I'm not interested in my own objectives, uh, agendas, my own opinions. I'm just trying to teach what God is saying. And then when people have a problem with the pastor or with you, 
they'll know they have a problem with God. And that's when you can start to see change take place is when people are not thinking they're fighting the pastor or it's this young preacher or this older preacher and he wants his objective and his agenda. He's just changing things up. Once they realize that he's a messenger of God, a messenger of the Lord, and this is what the Lord is saying, and people trust the Bible and are committed to the Bible, we'll see changes in our churches, but don't expect that to happen overnight. It takes takes some hard labor. And um, so that's what I would encourage pastors to do. Before we get into some recommendations, uh, and you've kind of been hitting this already, but how might a church begin to live out this doctrine of a regenerate church membership if they have neglected it for a long period of time? Well, I mean, there's two fronts. You got your front door, your back door, uh, and and then the, the and all the people in between the two doors. You want to, you know, you just want to once you understand, hey, your church is made for believers. You want to make sure that you start some form of membership class or membership interview, some form of venting people that are coming to you that want to join and not just assume church membership. I think we can all debate how formal church and membership needs to be because the Bible doesn't give us the exact level of formality to the membership. It just teaches us that church has to be made up of believers and unbelievers that we know are true unbelievers living in sin need to be excommunicated, expelled from the membership. So we know the, these are the kind of the boundaries that got us. So I would encourage, hey, we need to be careful about who we add in and examine them and make sure they know and understand the gospel and that and they have a confession of faith. And that there's not even any known ongoing lifestyle sins that, that they're living in. I think... Um, Church membership, I mean, church membership is based upon church discipline. You can't you can't separate church membership from church discipline, but most people only think of excommunication. We need to think of church discipline as the one another's. We need to think of just mutual accountability, like someone misses church in the best possible way. I'm calling you because I miss you, not because I'm getting on to you or correcting you or because you're in sin. I just look for you. I didn't see you. And it's amazing how that loving accountability helps keep Christians from wandering off into sin. And it, and it, that's what the church is for. It's, it's a mutual accountability uh, program that God has designed to, to watch over us and be a means of grace on our lives. So you want to encourage that church membership is every man's responsibility or every member's responsibility that if you're a member of the church, you're not a someone that's just taking in and watching and being ministered to. You are a minister. You are you have responsibilities, and then make sure that uh, you're exercising church discipline when needed. So those are the three areas that um, moving into a more biblical model of the church, I would focus on. So if someone were wanting to dig deeper in ecclesiology and particular, particularly church membership or regenerate church membership and church discipline, beside your, besides your own work, which we'll link in the show notes, um, 
what other works would you recommend that that a pastor begin begin reading and digging into? Well, I mean, different levels of books for different levels of students. For pastors, I would recommend uh, John Owen's volume 16 and volume 15 of his works. If, if a pastor would read volume 15 and volume 16 of John Owen, which are his two volumes on ecclesiology, he would be a scholar if he understood everything he read. He would be a scholar and very practical in how to handle the life of the church if he just read those two volumes. And, it, and it, to add to John Owen's work, I would add James Bannerman's classic book called The Church of Christ. I don't know any better book on the subject than that book. And even though he's a Presbyterian, which I'm a Baptist, he still holds a high view of regenerate church membership, though we would argue about infant baptism being contradictory to that. He still hold, has a high view of regeneration before adult membership. And I think that's that's very important. So James Betterman's book is probably the best ecclesiology book out there for pastors. Um, then when it comes to your layman, you know, what you want to give someone in the pew, uh, you know, a lot of the nine marks material, the nine marks of a healthy church by Mark Dever is a good book. Um, in that series, I think Jonathan Lehman has a book on um, the responsibilities of church membership. John Owen has a, by Banner of Truth, has a little book, a little pamphlet on the responsibilities of, of church membership. And then I, I through my publishing company, Free Grace Press, I have a little book by Benjamin Keach called The Glory of the True Church. It's something I wanted all my church members to read. And it's dealing with the duties of church membership and the responsibility of their involvement in church discipline when needed, carrying out church discipline on those who are in sin. So those are some good resources I would recommend. So you mentioned uh, Free Grace Publishers. Uh, where else might people be able to find your work? Uh, stuff that you contribute, whether that's sermons or uh, writings, where can people find your work? Yeah, I mean, you can listen to my sermons on Sermon Audio under uh, Grace Bible Church, Conway, Arkansas, or you can look up Jeff Johnson. And there's two of us on Sermon Audio, so you'd want to make sure. Uh, in fact, you, you'd probably want to listen to the other Jeff Johnson. You'd probably get better stuff from him out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, Reformed Baptist Church in Michigan. But I'm in the one in Arkansas, so, and he's the one in Michigan. And then you can link to um, freegracepress.com has a lot of the stuff that I've written. In fact, everything I've written is on freegracepress.com or amazon.com. Just to, to kind of wrap up our conversation, you gave encouragement to pastors earlier who, who are trying to go through this process of bringing their church to these convictions and then carrying those convictions out. Do you have any other encouragements um, pertaining to this subject or anything under the sun that you would like to give to our listeners. Yeah, I would just tell everybody to love Christ through loving his bride. It's easy to love the, the perfect Christ, right? He's, he's never done anything wrong. He saved us. He died for us. He's perfect. I love Christ. In fact, I love him more than anybody else. And I assume that Christians and your listeners love Christ more than anybody else as well. Especially when we wrong him and he's never wronged us. 
But where we have the hard time, difficulty is loving the church because the church has hurt us. It's wounded us. In fact, the church is imperfect. Um, the church is never ideal. It's never done everything, you know, like exactly the way the Bible tells us the church to operate. So anytime we're involved in a local church ministry, we're involved in an imperfect ministry. And it's full of imperfect people. It's, it's mixed with sinners who are saints and saints that are sinners. And sometimes it's hard to know the distinction between who's really born again or regenerate and who's not regenerate. And so it's hard sometimes to love the church. So my encouragement to your listeners and to myself and to you guys is love Christ by loving his imperfect bride because Christ died for his bride. He died for the church. He loves the church. And remember, it's, it's Christ who instituted the church, designed the church, um, built the church. It's Christ loves the church and he loves the church so much that he's he's in the process of sanctifying the church though he that she might be holy without blemish and without spot. And so we should give ourselves, if we love Christ, which we should, the best way we can love Christ is serving his people and then serving the imperfect church and not thinking the church has to be exactly perfect before I minister to the church and love the church. And so give your life uh, to serving Christ by serving the body of Christ and, and have the love that will allow you to overlook you know, the transgressions of your brothers and sisters and serve them irregardless of what wounds you've experienced by their hands. Continue to give yourself to God's people. Amen. Well, uh, Jeff Johnson, we want to thank you for coming on the podcast today to discuss Regenerate Church Membership and Grace Bible Theological Seminary and Free Grace Publishers and Church Discipline. Thank you so much for taking your time. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. For additional content, check out our blog ministry at covenantconfessions.com. Also, keep up with our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.